Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Longhorn Confidential Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by our neighborhood Zaxby's today or online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Hello, Texas fans. This is Longhorn Confidential for Monday, August 3rd. I'm Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. As always, Mike Craven is on the other line. Mike, say hello to the people. How's it going, everybody? All right, Mike, it is time to talk about 2022, which that is kind of crazy when you think about it. We're talking about 2022 recruiting, which means these kids were not alive when me and you were in high school, which is something that makes me feel a lot old. How, do you, how old do you feel covering 20, 2022? Yeah, 2022. I think 2023, because I think we're both 03 guys. I think that's going to be the class that really sets it in. But when I look in the mirror and see all the gray hair, I kind of know. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not in denial really that much. So it, it's just another, another thing that kind of nails in the fact that I'm getting older and older. Yeah, it must be nice to have hair. That's not something that all of us are blessed with uh, anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, Texas got their first 2022 uh, commit this past weekend. Uh, Faison Wilson, a uh, wide receiver out of Lancaster, four-star kid, 6'4", 210, committed on July 31st. What do people need to know about um, Mr. Wilson? Hey, he's a big kid with a you know a really athletic frame, fast. Uh, you know, checks all the boxes that you want at a wide receiver. Just a huge, freakish, athletic kid. Hasn't played a ton of varsity football yet. Lancaster had a, a pretty loaded wide receiver group with a couple guys going to D one schools uh, last year. So he, you know, he kind of watched and learned as a sophomore. Played sparingly, uh, but he's expected big things. I'm a big fan of Chris Gilbert, the head coach there at Lancaster, who knows you know, what talent looks like as a school that produces it all the time. And, and he's really big on Faison. So I think Texas uh, took a really good step first here uh, at wide receiver with him. He, he has a lot of upside. And it's a position that Texas has kind of struggled with in 2021. So it, I think it shows a little bit of a positive step forward for that next group. Yeah, that was something I wanted to, to touch on. You know, he had eight catches this past year as a sophomore, 137 yards, a couple touchdown catches. But – he has more offers than uh, catches. Texas, Alabama, and in Florida, a, a bit more than a dozen offers so far. So when you kind of put all that together, was it just one of those cases where he was just a sophomore and they, Lancaster had some good seniors on the team? Or is it one of those things where the college coaches and the recruiting experts may know something that the Lancaster coaches don't? Or do fans need to be a little, a little bit hesitant that you know, this kid that had all these offers was not getting much playing time last year as a sophomore? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of a combination of all those things. You know, he, he did have some really good players in front of him. Lancaster's not a team that, you know, just throws the ball around the yard all the time with a lot of huge stats. So, you know, he's not going to be a guy, even as the number one receiver, who's going to, you know, come in with 70 catches or anything. So, uh, you know, I, I think this comes down to Lancaster being one of those pipeline programs. You know, you you trust what Chris Gilbert, the head coach there, has to say because every year they put out five to ten Division One athletes. So, 
You know, that's a stop in South Dallas that every coach makes when they're going to Cedar Hill, Duncanville, uh, Lancaster. And I think you take him at his word. If he believes that, you know, he's one of the best wide receivers that's come through that program in the last couple of years, uh, you believe him, you offer him. And I think for Texas, you have two years to kind of figure out if, if that commitment's one. Uh, that you're going to take or you're not because, you know, frankly, there are ways to kind of, you know, back out of that stuff and move forward without him if he, if he doesn't, you know, pan out and continue to grow as a player in the way that Texas thinks he's going to. At uh, this time last year around, you know, we were talking about Texas's first commit in the 2021 recruiting class who's also a receiver, uh, Quay Davis. And as Texas fans know, uh, Quay did not stick around. Uh, he committed, I think he's committed to Southern California now. Do you think Texas has a better chance of keeping on, uh, keeping a hold of this commitment? Yeah, if they want to. You know, I think with Quay, that could have been a mutually exclusive uh, or not a mutually exclusive decision there. You know, some of that had to do with the new offensive staff coming in. He was committed to the old one. So, you know, as long as the coaches stay the same, um, you know, and his, his attitude's good, he plays well and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, I think he's one that Texas keeps on board and, and hopefully Texas can keep on board. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, when you're when you're recruiting so early like this, you know, there's always a ton of variables. You know, it's it's unlikely he doesn't talk to any other schools or go on any visits. So there's definitely going to be uh, question marks. And the earlier you get a commitment, the harder it is to keep it, in my opinion, unless that guy just kind of grew up in love with Texas. So you know, just because you get a commitment, especially this early two years out, does not mean uh, that it's going to stick. Uh, but it definitely means that Texas is in the lead and, and a player that, you know, they wanted to get into the fold, into the class. Since uh, Quake, you know, decommitted and ended up in someone else's recruiting class, you know, uh, Jalen Milrow is kind of the founding father of this 2021 class. Hudson Carter was the first member of 20, the 2020 class. So as the first guy in for this 2022 class, you know, what – are Faison's responsibilities as far as being the first guy, the guy that I'm sure a lot of people are going to be calling up and asking about uh, Texas. What are his responsibilities as, as that first guy in? Yeah, I think some of it's just to kind of to get the ball rolling. You know, it's easier to get your second, third, fourth commitment than it is the first one just to convince somebody to be that kind of starter. And, you know, at this time last year, Texas had uh, a decent amount of commitments. And so I think it was one of those that just wanted to go into the season. Uh, with at least one person committed, and, and he, if he was ready to commit, you take him. You know, I don't know what the responsibilities are as a wide receiver. It's a little bit uh, different than being a quarterback. You know, like we've talked about with the last couple, uh, you know, kids that have you know started the classes the last couple cycles. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's going to be a guy that other players are, are talking to. He's going to be talking to other players, and it's really just to be an ambassador for the program. You know, coaches are always going to tell these kids what the kids want to hear. I think kids kind of listen to each other a little bit more. What your peers say matters more than what a coach trying to sell you on a program is. So I think for Faison, it's just to be a guy to answer text messages and phone calls and kind of just help hype the program up and kind of let uh, peers around him know, you know, kind of what he thinks about Texas and that, what, you know, what that new uh, message is from these coaching staffs and what the offense is going to look like moving forward. Uh, since we're talking about 2022, let's keep it going. Um, this 2020 recruiting class, what are Texas's biggest needs? What is an area that they need to address in uh, this upcoming recruit that this 2022 recruiting class? I mean, I think they started off with the right one. I think wide receiver is a position where they really need to address. You know, there's a lot of unknowns there. They've already offered 16 players. 
at that position in the 2022 class, which is more than any other position by far. So I think the coaches know uh, that wide receiver is a position that needs to be uh, kind of restocked. And if the 2021 class isn't going to go their way in terms of getting the wide receivers in state um, that they would like, like right now they only have Casey Kane from Louisiana committed. So if, if the wide receiver class in 2021 uh, isn't going to pan out the way that they would want or there's not the talent out there that they think they can go get, I think wide receiver in 2022 becomes kind of that that key element where we see a class like the one we saw with Jake Smith, Whittington, Drew McCoy, where Texas really tries to land four or five top-level receivers. On the flip side, what is a position that Texas uh, doesn't need to really worry about in 2022 that we may not see a ton of commitments um, at? Yeah, I think tight end will be that position. Texas has two guys at, at that position right now uh, in the 2021 class. They're going to aim big. You know, Donovan Green from Dickinson is the only uh, player of that position to have an offer. I think Texas obviously would take a, a commitment from a guy like that. He's a national top 100 player. But they're going to be picky. If he goes elsewhere or they can't find other options there, Texas will probably sign one, maybe even zero tight ends of that class unless they can get an absolute perfect fit because they can afford to do that after the last couple of recruiting classes being successful at that position. Does Texas take a quarterback in this class? Does Texas take two quarterbacks in this class? And if you know they're eyeing a quarterback, who's the top of the wish list for them? Yeah, I mean, I think in today's you know age with the portal and the way that the quarterback position is unique to where you know really only one guy is going to play, so you're always going to run into you know some transfer problems. Uh, I, I think teams like Texas are, are going to try to take a quarterback every single cycle. Uh, Quinn Ewers is is absolutely. Uh, the type, top player um, in the class, he's the number one player in the state. He'll be the number one player on the Fab 55 uh, for 2022 when that, when that comes in. You know, people are comparing him to Hunter Lawrence type, you know, player, you know, kind of a can't-miss future NFL guy out of South Lake Carroll. So he's going to be the top target for Texas, for Oklahoma, for, you know, for all the major schools around this area. Texas getting him would be huge, and I think their chips are all in on him. If they can get him, I think he's the only quarterback in the class. If they can't, maybe they go – you know, for two guys and see, you know, who kind of rises to the top, knowing that one or two may go into the portal later, later with Hudson Carr, Jaquindon Jackson, Jalen Monroe. It's hard to imagine all three of those guys stay on campus for their entire four or five-year college careers. When we look back at this 2021 recruiting class, uh, six members of this um, – six commits had already committed to Texas by the end of their junior year, um, junior high school football season. With the coronavirus pandemic kind of putting a halt to summer recruiting and the college and the high school seasons likely being impacted as far as whether or not kids can come onto campus, whether or not Texas can go see these guys playing Friday nights, do you think uh, t that number, that six commits, will be lower or higher the same for these 2022 targets? You know, my guess is that it'll be lower um, simply because the colleges won't feel comfortable enough taking that many commitments. You know, when you can watch – not only junior tape, but then get those – or not only sophomore tape, but then get those sophomores onto campus and kind of see what their build is, see what they look like, see what they sound like, see, you know, what their personalities are like, see them in camp, then see them in spring uh, practice when you go watch them. It gives you a lot of opportunities to go, okay, you know, I feel comfortable with this, you know, guy, not only as a player, but, as, you know, just as a person committing to the school without getting them on campus and without going to their campuses and without seeing kind of how they develop physically from being a 15, 16 year old kid to being a, you know, a young adult. Uh, I think the teams go, okay, 
we like you. We want to offer you, you know, you're, you're definitely on our board, but you know, maybe we need to wait to, to watch you play your junior season before we start taking commitment. So I think not only at Texas, but across the board, that sophomore class, the 2022 class is really where COVID-19 has made an impact in terms of recruiting because the 2021 class was already pretty much evaluated and kind of done. Now it's about just adding the pieces you can get. The 2022 class is the one where I think a lot of coaches just simply don't have the evaluations to be comfortable enough to go, okay, we're going to take this guy and, and let him commit. Um, as always, you, know, you can read up on uh, Bazon Wilson and all the 2022 commits that are going to be coming in on hook'em.com, where you can also read Mike's uh, Don Line column. And this week, Mike's going to be tackling the most recent update for his FAT 55 list for the 2021 class. Um, Mike, last time you had this update, Donovan Jackson, the Bel Air Episcopal offensive lineman, was number one on your list. Is he still number one in your idea? In your in your eyes, can you give us a hint, or are there other contenders for that number one spot? Yeah, I mean, I I'm always been a proponent of recruiting rankings being done in tiers. You know, I know that's not as fun for the fans, but I, I do think it's splitting hairs a lot of time between like the sixth best player and the eighth best player. You know, it's just kind of a you know, kind of a weird thing to do with 17 year olds. But I I think if there was a tier for this, it'd be three players: and Donovan Jackson, uh, Tommy. Uh, Brockermeyer and Jatavion Sanders are kind of the, the three guys that I feel have an argument to be the best player in the state. I lean towards Donovan Jackson just because I feel like I know the most about him. Tommy Brockermeyer didn't play as a junior with an injury. We're not sure where Jatavion Sanders is going to play in college, if he'll be a wide receiver, or tight end, or a defensive end. Now, I feel like I know as well as you can know for a prospect what Donovan Jackson is. He was the MVP of the opening offensive line group as a junior when he was the only junior there with a bunch of other seniors and stuff in that 2020 uh, class. So he's just a proven commodity. I think he's a lot like Kenyon Green, who started as a true freshman for A&M. He can be a guard. He can be a tackle. He may even play center. Uh, so to me, uh, when you're taking the number one spot in a class, I like to go for the safest bet. Of among those top best players, and to me, that's still Donovan Jackson. Obviously, not all these kids are committed. Um, the recruitment goes on for a lot of these prospects. You know, of the uncommitted prospects, which one must Texas get? Which one is would be the cream of the crop, the bell of the ball? Because you know, there are some of these. Uh, you know, the, the Denton Ryan kids. Some of these um, guys on the list are going to be Longhorns, but are the ones that are still open, are still in the running for, you know, for Texas. Which ones must Texas get? Yeah, I think it's a pair of offensive linemen that are in the top 10, top 15. That's Savion Bird from Duncanville, an offensive tackle. Bryce Foster, a, a guard from Katie Taylor. Now, Texas needs to get one or two of those guys. You know, right now, you, know, you look at the 2021 offensive line class going into the cycle and you go, okay, there's no way Texas doesn't sign one of, if not the best offensive line classes in the nation. Just because there's 10 – to 15 really good offensive linemen in Texas this cycle. Right now, Texas only has one commitment, and that's Hayden Connor from Katie Taylor, uh, who's an offensive tackle, really good player, uh, but definitely not a top two or three guy in this class. Definitely not, you know, the headliner you want. You want to get somebody else in there uh, to be alongside him. And they, uh, Texas thought they would get the Brockemeyers, and without them, you know, they need to get, you know, Savion Bird, Bryce Foster, and really make this class look okay and not be a complete kind of dud when looking at the talent, uh, to, that would make that 2022 class even more important in the offensive line. So, 
Yeah, I think it's got to be Savion Bird, Bryce Foster, and to really try to get this offensive line class going in the right direction uh, with her hand. Now, your last update was done in February. Um, and at that time, Flower Man, Marcus quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer, and LBJ defensive back Andrew Bakuba weren't on the list. But now they are. They're both top 30 prospects in your eyes. Why the leaps? Um, Andrew's still uncommitted. Garrett's going to LSU. Why did those guys make that jump up into the top 30? Yeah, for me, it's been hard, right? It's hard. Like this, this offseason, usually you'd be able to go to the openings and to the Under Armour camps and out to spring practice and, and really get, you know, more of an idea of these players. Uh, but for me, you know, you can't do that stuff, right, with COVID and all that kind of stuff. So you just – you talk to a lot more coaches. Those are two of the guys that really, you know, when I was sending my Fat 55 list around in February to, to people in the industry and to coaches in the, in, that I trust – and those were two of the guys that really, you know, was like, hey, I think you missed on these guys. So you go back, you watch more tape, you get more opinions, and, and you know, uh, you put them on the list where you think they, they see fit. So there's not going to be as many changes on this, this update as maybe in years past because there's simply not as much information. Uh, but, it, you know, you're definitely valuable, right? So, like, you know, there's going to be guys that you miss on every single cycle that you just didn't give enough tape to. Um, and, and those two are, are definitely at the top of the list, where it's really probably just more of me missing than them doing anything uh, to really kind of earn their way into the list. You know, in the Statesman newsroom, we always joke that in 1997, Drew Brees was number 56 on the FAT 55. He didn't make the cut, um, but, you know, he obviously has had a very good career after uh, being slighted by the Statesman. Um, are the of all the recruits that are not in your FAT 55, who's kind of your favorite unranked prospect? Who's like the one guy that you love watching play that just may not be – is number 56 in your eyes? Yeah, probably Eric Cade. You know, he's an offensive lineman out of Braswell that I'm huge on compared to a lot of people. You know, 55 is a tough number. You know, there's 1,400 schools in Texas. You know, it's, it's hard. I think it's harder to make a 55 list than it would be to make a 100 list. So there's probably – you know, four or five guys that have, you know, legitimate arguments and gripes into getting to the list. But when I was making this new update, the guy I left off that I believe I'm the highest on is probably offensive tackle Eric Cade, who, who holds a Texas offer, holds an A&M offer, and, and some other offers. And he's going to – he's one of those guys that I think a lot of people wanted to see, kind of how his body changed from being a, a kid to a young adult. And, and that's something that offensive linemen, defensive linemen have to deal with as they kind of gain muscle mass and, and go from baby fat to – to you know almost 18 years old so uh, he would probably be that answer but again this is probably the toughest cycle I've remember having to rank just because there is it's the hardest cycle to ever get information on all right well like we said that uh, fat 55 list that's going to be coming out Wednesday so check that out at hookem.com Mike how difficult is this fat 55 list is this uh is this a labor of love do you enjoy doing it or is this one of those things you kind of have to you know, take a deep breath whenever you, whenever you put it out. Uh, I enjoy doing it. It makes me kind of reevaluate and go back and look at different stuff. And, you know, with, with all the COVID-19 stuff going on, it was fun to kind of watch some tape and watch football again for, for the first time in a few months. But uh, it's tough because you're always leaving off, you know, 10 to 15 guys that you love. You know, just the Fat 55 being 55 players kind of makes it feel like those are the best 55 players. And I guess they're supposed to be. But in a state that's so talent-rich, it just feels like it, it's hard leaving those guys off. And, and uh, So, yeah, that's the toughest part to me is kind of the 40 through 55. I think every year 
each recruiting kind of service. If you look at 24-7, you look at Rivals, you look at ESPN, most of us can agree on the top 20 to 30 players in the state. It's that next group, that next tier of players that's tough. And for me, I think that's, that's my favorite part of doing it because in three or four years you look back and you go, okay, I think I found that guy and I was higher on him than the other guys. But it's also tough because you know you're leaving off some, some future NFL players who deserve to be recognized for how good they are at football. Now, you know, people may be wondering why they're hearing wind chimes in the background. Um, as we've you know, talked about, you're kind of spending your summer in lovely, lovely Maine. Let me ask you, uh, which is why you're hearing those chimes in the background, um, background music for Mike. Um, what is football like in Maine? What is the high school football scene up, up, up there? Because I'm guessing Texas is not recruit, does not get up there very much when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, I definitely think it's, you know, kind of a third, fourth, fifth sport on most people's mind. From what I can gather, you know, hockey's huge, lacrosse is huge, you know, and then of course you got baseball, soccer, the normal, the normal other sports for youth guys. But, you know, it's been funny talking to people up here about the return of sports and what we're planning on to do high school wise, because to them, you know, from what I've gathered, just high school sports and especially public high school sports just aren't as a religion as much up here as they are down in the States. So when I talk about returning to go cover some high school football, because practices are starting, you know, this week for 4A and under schools, I kind of get looked at with a weird view. And so, uh, and I think it's uniquely Texan and uniquely Southern, at least in terms of how much we, we care about uh, high school football. Awesome. Well, hopefully a couple people up in Maine will uh, check out your work on hook'em.com and get addicted to high school football down here and, in Texas. But I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Like we said, Mike's uh, Faculty 5 update comes out on Wednesday, so be sure to check that up. Let's check that out as well as the dotted line column throughout the week. Um, but don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple Store or in the Google Podcast app. We do appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in to this Longhorn Confidential podcast. Longhorn Confidential broadcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by our neighborhood Zaxby's today or online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys down the road and yeah, have a great week. Peace.